Hey, thanks for listening to the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe podcast with LeVar Arrington, Jonas Knox, and myself, Brady Quinn. Make sure you catch us live weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern or 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. You can find your local station for the Two Pros and a Cup of Joe show over at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Two pros and a cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. It's the College Football Hall of Famer, LeVar Arrington. It's Brady Quinn. It's Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can listen to this show on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates. And wherever you are making us a part of your Tuesday morning, we appreciate you doing so as we take you all the way up through the end of the hour, 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific here. And it is a uh, celebration time in Athens, Georgia, uh, where the uh, Georgia Bulldogs are your national champions first time since 1980 and if they're really that starved for a national title i would imagine athens uh are they do you think they're still drinking you think they're still partying in athens right now just getting after it oh like, yeah the, i mean the question is are they still partying in indianapolis yeah that's where the game that's was true held. i mean yeah whether it's not quite as nice <laughs> but is is like St. Elmo's going off or Prime 47 or whatever their spot around there, is that still parting into the wee hours of, of today? I mean, how many of those Georgia players are going to be at the Combine there in a couple months? I mean, they're entirely all of them. Entire defense. They're all draft eligible. It's yeah. like, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not sure why you'd – I mean, this sounds terrible to say. You won a national championship. Your stock is probably as high as it's going to be. Now, you could come back and – like, there's a guy named Trayvon Walker. Trayvon Walker is an absolute freak. And I've talked to a few scouts about this, this young man, and he's versatile. They can play him all the way down over the center. They can move him out to the edge. But he's a great pass rusher. He's good against the run and everything. And the best thing about him is his best football is still ahead of him. And so he's a guy that you haven't heard as far as an edge rusher, have you? It's all been about Aiden Hutchinson and Kayvon Thibodeau and David Ojabo or some of these other names you'll hear. Trayvon Walker is just as enticing to NFL scouts and evaluators as any guy out there. But, like, you don't hear it, and it's a part because none of these guys want that secret to get out because they feel like he's got a ton of upside. I mean, he's incredibly tall and long and twitchy, like everything you're looking for. But he's a guy that may not end up going in the first round because, he has, I mean, it's, again, it's hard on that defense to really separate yourself, but he could end up being a second-round pick. If he comes back next year, sure, maybe he ends up finding his way into the first round. I, I don't know. But I, I think all these guys are, are, could be drafted this year. It just depends upon if they feel like they have anything else they need to prove at the college level. You know, draft status is more – more reputation, more accolades driven more than best decision. Uh, I think that if, if I'm a player coming out these days with slotted contracts, I don't, I don't necessarily believe that it matters that much that, that you go in the first round or the second round because you, you got to get out of your first contract to get money anyway. So to me, you, you stand the chance to go to a better team if you go later anyway. 
You know, as you mentioned before in shows past, you don't get to choose your teams when you're a good good player. You, your team chooses you at this point. So if you go in the second round, you may end up going to a team that is a competitive team versus being, you know, in the first rounds. And, and, and then in those first picks, you're going to generally go to a team that needs help in terms of trying to win, which means you're probably going to an organization that isn't maybe the best organization, best ran organization. So that could work to his advantage in the end. Uh, I still think, uh, you know, Nick Saban, what is he now, 25-2 and two against former assistants. Um, what an unbelievable run he's had at Alabama. And so, like, Kirby Smart's going to get celebrated, and he should be. He's, you know, national champion and all that. I, I still think Saban is going to eventually get to 10. I think Saban's going to get to 10 national titles, Brady Quinn. I, I think it's happening. I, I just don't see any slowing down. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, he's going to be more pissed off and motivated getting here. He's got, what, now seven? I think he's got seven national titles. Uh, I think ultimately he's going to end up at 10. I just don't see, I don't see the way this whole thing is shaped up. And he can, he's, he's not a big fan of name, image, likeness, and all that. And I, I get all that. But especially if we see this college football playoff format the way it's been the past uh, couple of years, if it takes him longer to get to the expansion, I still think Saban's going to be back making noise in the next couple of years. I'm sorry. Someone asked me yesterday doing an interview, they said, how long do you think he's going to do this? Because he's, what, 70 now? I and think. Let me look. I, I look at him and I just think to myself, he doesn't look like he's like 70 years old. He looks like he's in great health. He's still got a ton of energy for it. It seems like he's still – you know, excited about it, motivated by it. Like, I, I just, I get the sense he could do this for at least another five or six years. I mean, and, and to think that Bama won't be winning at least at least one or two, maybe three more, given their track record, it, it's hard to think that's not the case. So I, I just, to your point, I, I do think he could get the 10. It all depends on what he wants. I mean, how do you know, you know, he doesn't just get tired of it and want to transition and just says, I, I want to go do TV. He could be a guy that makes a lot of money in TV. He might say, hey, I, I want to I go back to the NFL and try it again. And, and maybe it's, it's time or maybe he feels like he's tired of the NIL stuff and wants to go. Like either way you look at it, I think he's going to be successful. I think his second shot in the NFL, he could make it work. He's been at Alabama 15 years. He's only lost 25 times. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You, know, you want to know the craziest stat? You want to know the craziest stat? I saw this somewhere. It might have been since 2008 or 2009, I forget. But he averages 13 and a half wins per season. <laughs> so it was something like that. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. You're only guaranteed 12. And the dude averages more than that. He averages more wins than you're actually guaranteed every year. Think about that. Like conceptually, they average more wins than that. Like that, and literally in the college football playoff era, like even if you have a bowl game, right? Like even if you have six wins, you're bowl eligible. You get a 13th game. I'm pretty sure he averages more than that. It's at least over the last decade or since like 2008 or 2009, something like that. It's uh no, it's incredible, man. And then you know he's got he's got the quarterback now. Was Bright did Bryce Young did he show any flaws last night? And then the fact that he was down two wide receivers after the injury to Jamison Williams. Uh, you know the offensive line started to struggle, especially late. He seemed like he was running for his life. Was there anything you look at, even though he's a Heisman winner, that makes you take a pause and go, well, maybe he's not going to get that second Heisman trophy that I was discussing? I mean, I think he showed he's human. 
like he's, you know, there's flaws when he gets pressured like every other quarterback, right? I mean, it's no different than Tom Brady. Everyone's like, hey, what's, what's the secret to, to beating Tom Brady? You got to move him off the spot and get hits on him. No quarterback likes being hit or like having a guy in his face the whole time changing how he can throw and how he wants to throw a ball or the timing of when he throws the ball. And that's essentially what you saw last night was Georgia stopped worrying about Bryce Young taking off and running, which I think he had like 40 yards and a touchdown the first time these two teams played. And him creating time and, and being able to buy time helped create guys to be able to get open downfield in their first matchup. This time they're like, no, we're just going to force the football out and we're going to see if they can beat us with just Jamison Williams. And then when he went out, it was like, all right, let's see if anyone else can beat us. Like, let's see if any of these guys can step up and beat us. Let's get hits on them. Let's pressure him. Let's get a guy in his face the whole time. We're not going to drop a guy out and wait for him to try to take off and run. So I, I think that displayed itself. But that's, I mean, Lavaro will tell you, that's, that's, that's always how it is. Anytime you've got a, a quarterback, the defense is trying to get hits on him, trying to get pressure on him. He's not a big guy, man. Like, he, he uh, you could, and look, obviously everybody's going to be small compared to that D line, but there were times where I thought, you know, I wonder, I wonder if there's concern at the next level about, you know, his size. If they look at him and go, eh, you know, he is, he is kind of thin, you know, a little bit, a little bit slender. Maybe he's got to work on that. And, and then, you know, I start to think to myself, well, he's also a freshman. I mean, he's very young, so maybe he'll, you know, grow a little bit more, or start to bulk up a little bit more. But, um, you know, he did make some plays last night. You were like, all right, th- that's that's why he's a Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, no, cr- Credit to Stetson Bennett. But yeah. you saw the two of them side by side, and you went, oh, yeah, Stetson can't do some of that stuff. Like, that's no, that's I mean, level. look, we're going to make a big deal about the, the touchdown passes, but the reality is he flipped one out to Brock Bowers, who was wide open in the flat. Um, and now that, that's an easy pitch and catch. You just got to be able to maybe take a hit. Uh, and, but other than that, you know, he threw a couple really nice deep balls. The ball he threw to George Pickens was phenomenal. Probably better catch, but a great ball. Look, he played tough. He played scrappy. He took off and ran at times. I, I think when you look at what Bennett did at the beginning of the game, where he takes a 14-yard sack, <laughs> they, 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 he ends up scrambling, somehow fumbles the ball when no one was around him, and it just so happens the ball <laughs> bounces right back to him. And then he gets a delay of game. It was like, oh, this could be bad. Like This could be a, this could be a bad night for Georgia Bulldog fans. Um, but, but then he slowly started to get more comfortable, and I think as the defense stepped up and you realized it wasn't going to be a shootout, it wasn't going to be Stetson Bennett having to just throw the football 50 times. You started to you started to go okay. Like if they hang around in this, Betson just has to Stetson Betson just has to make a couple plays, and he did in the end to help them win. But still, Bryce Young's the best player in college football. My opinion hasn't changed. He should win another Heisman next year. The question really becomes, you know, who steps up in their place of Jamison Williams and John Mechie? Both those guys should be gone. They probably won't come back. So who steps up in their place, and, and can he have an impact with uh, you know, throwing to? Uh, how did we feel about the uh, fumble that was called uh, that a lot of people thought was an incomplete pass from uh, Bennett that uh, Alabama recovered? Uh, there were some people saying, well, the officials again, of course, Alabama, you know, they slowed things down. I mean, I I think they got it right, but yeah. there are there is the conversation that, no, that was an incomplete pass. I just think... Alabama, and I forget who the defender was who picked up the fumble. I, Branch. I, I think he just lucked into recovering a fumble. I don't it, it was the most nonchalant 
effort to recover a football. I don't even know. It was Brian Branch. I don't even know if he was trying to keep his foot in. It was almost like was. it just happened to work out that way. I was, like Watching it back on replay every time I was thinking, that's one of those instances where Nick Saban, and now maybe not after a national championship and the way this whole game went to him, but would chew a guy out <laughs> if this was during the regular season because a ball was loose and he didn't really hustle to it. Like he like nonchalantly just happened to like kind of grab it and step and keep his foot in. Um, the problem with that play is more of the mechanics of how replay works. Meaning the call on the field was a fumble. That was the ruling. And the reason why it was a fumble was in part because I think they looked at it and said, we can utilize replay if we call it a turnover because we had a clear change of possession or at least what we thought we saw was Brian Branch getting the football. And because it was so great to us, let's call it a fumble and then we can go back and utilize replay. Well, now the hard thing is, is you've got that burden of proof where you've got to be beyond a shadow of a doubt knowing that it was a fumble Right there's evidence of that, or there's evidence that it wasn't, and that's the hard thing is. And and looking at it, I think if they would have said it was incomplete, you know, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have had a review. So that's the issue with that portion of it. And because they called it a fumble, then watching it, you go, yeah, I guess he lost possession of the football before his arm started to come forward, even though the ball went forward, which is doesn't sound like it makes sense. But that's essentially what happened yeah it was just uh, it was funny seeing uh, how he recovered that it was like oh yeah and his foot was in bounds like oops all right amazing. here we go <laughs> it was the smoothest football recovery <laughs> and, in the history of and, college football. And, and let me tell you something part of me was thinking all right what's gonna this is my thought when i watch games all right what's gonna be the best for what we do and what's gonna piss the most people off and so when i thought about that i said if that ends up being the game winner for alabama and they lucked into it on a fumble recovery like that, people are going to lose their minds because it was it was so, so perfect the way the recovery went. I mean, the fact that he was wearing – he wasn't even wearing – like you've always said, wear white shoes because that way, you know, it blends in with uh, with, with the outline. He wasn't even wearing white shoes. It was like, I, I'm not even thinking this far ahead. I just happened to come across a ball that was laying on the ground and popped up in the air, and next thing you know, I'm, I got a fumble recovery. Good for me. So, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome to watch. Uh, it's uh, two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned. At the end of your first year, Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Up next, uh, this team is an absolute disaster in the NFL, and after yesterday, it's only getting worse. We'll get into that for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two Pros and a Cup of Joe here, Fox Sports Radio. Lavar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Uh, there is a uh, a disaster in the NFL that uh, that we must monitor and uh, pay close enough attention to because right when you think things got worse or things were bad, they got even worse on Monday. So we'll have that for you here uh, coming up just a couple of moments from now. Uh, I do need to uh, give more credit where credit is due. Um, Brady Quinn threw this out a week ago. He said, look. The Denver Broncos 
are going to be in the market most likely for a head coach. Obviously, Vic Fangio was fired, and clearly they need to do something at quarterback. And you just wonder if they're going to do something to try and entice Aaron Rodgers. And we talked about Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator there. And then this comes out from a Tom Pelissero, who reports that the Broncos also requested an interview with Luke Getzey for their head coaching job. You're thinking to yourself, well, who's Luke Getzky? Oh, well, he just happens to be the uh, Packers quarterback coach, pass game coordinator. So here we go. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and, and interview anybody who's a member of the Packers coaching staff to try and lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver in the offseason. So congratulations. You called your shot there, BQ. Nice work. I, I've been trying to tell you guys for like a year now. All right. There was some stuff in the works last season where it looked like Aaron Rodgers was going to be somewhere else and eventually came to light. That team was the 49ers, didn't work out, and and now they've kind of moved on. Now, what happens with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo after the season, I have no idea. But that was, that was there. That was out there. Now it's getting to the point where we think because how this season has gone and the content that you see from Aaron Rodgers, and by the way, it's easy to smile and it's easy to love – and, and or I, I should say, kind of forget some of the issues that you've got with your employer when everything's going great. When you're going to be a back-to-back MVP, at least it looks that way, right? And you know, you know, you're the number one seed in the NFC. You've got that that path or that opportunity to get to a Super Bowl, which is what you've been hoping for. It's it's easy not to be disgruntled, right? Like when you're the best in your industry at your job. Aside from other issues you have, maybe with your company or your boss or someone else, then maybe the owner, you're not really complaining about much, right? Yeah. And so that's where, like, this isn't the time where I think you're going to see a lot of the thoughts about his future and all that come to fruition. I think you're going to see things play out this season, and then they'll look to reevaluate. And based on what Aaron wants to do and what the organization is willing to do to appease him. I think that's when you'll see a decision's made, but I, I keep going back to this. If you're looking at a roster that's a quarterback away from being a playoff contender, it's Denver, and they've got a track record of doing this. Now, granted, Peyton Manning was a free agent, and so it was a little easier to make that work, but very similar. I mean, I, I just left that team. Trust me. We had the defense. We had the running game. We had the receivers. We had everything. And then you see what happens when Peyton gets there and he literally sets a single season or single season records in the 2013 season, flirted with it in 2012. And so I think all those things at this point in Aaron Rodgers' career, very similar to kind of what you saw from Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and now setting all these single season records for the Bucs. Um, you know, he's with, I think, what, Drew Brees for the only quarterback to have multiple 5,000-yard passing seasons. Yeah, like, I think so. Yep. All these things, that's all out there for Aaron Rodgers. And could you imagine if, you know, again, this time around, he's able to go somewhere that, you know, I'm not going to say he doesn't enjoy living in Green Bay, but Denver's one hell of a place. It's also one hell of a fan base. Again, nothing against Pac Nation, but, you know, it, it, it's an awesome place to be a player at, to live. And if you've got your head coach there that you're buddies with, whether it's the quarterback coach, the OC, and you're with him lockstep the whole way, 
you're going to be contending for a while. I mean, that's the reality to all of it. And, and also for people that are thinking, well, you know, maybe you guys are just looking too far into it. I mean, every, everybody's uh, a lot of people are getting interviewed this time of year. Dude, Getsy's never been interviewed for a head coaching job before. Ever. Ever. <laughs> like, he's 37. He's never been interviewed for a head coaching gig before. And now just happens to be the time that he's going to be interviewed for one. I just. Look, there, there was stuff going on uh, before the draft that the Broncos were were close. I know uh, Mark Schlereth. Can I, can I take it a step further? Yeah. Because he's a passing game coordinator the past couple of years. He doesn't call the plays. All right? <laughs> I mean, Do you know just... the only time, all right, the only time I believe he's called plays was like 10 years ago at, I believe it was IU, is it IUPA or, or yeah. Indiana University in Pennsylvania. If I'm not, I, it used to be IUP. I think Indiana University of Pennsylvania. That's the last time he called plays a decade ago as their OC and quarterback coach. So just take that with a grain of salt. Uh, now, if, I, if you think he's going to walk in there and that's what this is all about. So you mentioned, uh, so what was it? IUPUA. What is it called? This is, is IUP, the, uh... Indiana University, uh, Pennsylvania. I, I used to think it was IUPUI, but I think that was the Indiana University. Pennsylvania. I don't even know. There's yeah. too many, too many letters. Who cares? Uh, but here's here's the. Uh, but I do, it does bring up a, a really important point to to close up this conversation about the Green Bay Packers. You know, if I ever came out with my own IPA, you know what I would call it? Oh, jeez. It, it burns when IPA. You know, I get it. <laughs> come on, come on. Oh, I get it. Yeah, a little. I, you know, I, just, little... I think there's a deeper issue there. Yeah, I just. If that's the, if that's what you're dealing it with, it burns. You, got, with... <laughs> you need to go see a medical professional. Well, whatever. A couple of antibiotics for five or seven days, and you're fine. But it burns when IPA. Z-pack isn't going to get rid of everything. <laughs> yeah, right? but you know what? You know, some things. All right, not everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Hey, all right? let, me, let me tell you something, man. I don't know what's in a Z-pack, but whatever it is, it cures a lot. All right, I'm, I'm not going to say it. it's almost like the Swiss Army knife of uh, of uh, medicines that you could take to cure some things. So uh, there sure. it is. Yeah. It, it burns on IPA. Uh, all right. Uh, it is uh, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox, and that, that, that was really important to point out there during a you know conversation you. about football. Well, I think our listeners really needed to know, once you come out with your IPA, which admit, <laughs> that may be rapidly approaching, um, they need to know where to find it, what to look for, and apparently it's going to burn uh, right. It's, it's going to burn at Listen, the end. Listen, man, uh, you know, just a real wordsmith over here. Uh, all right, uh, two pros and a cup of joe here, Fox Sports Radio. 15 minutes from now, we're going to have the latest edition of the BQ News. Stick around for that. Always fun stuff uh, with the uh, and, and uh, run and, uh, and operated by the great Brady Quinn. So that'll be happening here 15 minutes from now. Uh, all right, so uh, brand new uh, feature on the show here. Uh, this is called uh, Trash Can Tuesday here. All right, this is where uh, I'm going to reach literally on the air in into a trash can here in the studio, Brady Quinn, and I'm going to pull out uh, the name of a team that deserves to be in the trash, and we are going to have a discussion about that team. So I'm going to do it on the air here, so let me just go ahead and reach into this trash. I mean, is this the biggest trash can in the history of the world? All right. Let's see what we got here. All right. The Chicago Bears, step right up. All right, step right up. A bad franchise and a bad football team. The Chicago Bears are in search of a head coach and a general manager. Good luck finding a general manager who's going to have what that they had previously, Brady Quinn. 
Good luck for the uh, Chicago Bears. Well, ahead of hair like yes. Ryan Pace. Yes. I mean, the reality is I think maybe some people got lost at times when talking to Ryan Pace in that head of hair. It's a, a beautiful it head is. of hair, a beautiful mane. He's got to use essential oils or something in that, right? He has there's, to. There's something going on. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. You're not like finding that, that again. No. But maybe they could find more success, though, on the football field. Yeah. Um, you know, and what'll be fun is. Um, At you least know, you still what, got Khalil Mack. Yeah. Well, and you, what you're going to do with that, uh, that first round pick this year. Oh, no, that's gone, too. So so here we go. Uh, the Chicago Bears uh, with a couple of uh, big changes yesterday. Uh, both those guys are gone. They've already put in a bunch of requests to interview some uh, some GM candidates and some head coaching candidates. Todd Bowles, uh, Leftwich, Brian Dayball, uh, you know, all the all these the usual suspects that we're hearing out there. And of course, they've been tied to names like uh, Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, potentially all that other stuff that goes along with it. Um and then George McCaskey uh, steps up, the Bears chairman, yesterday. Um, and uh, it's hard to get everybody on the same page 100%, but 100% failure rate for George McCaskey and whatever he was trying to communicate yesterday at the, uh, at the press conference. Um, and nobody came away from that feeling any sort of way in a positive way about where the team is headed uh, as an organization. Um, we talked about who's the best uh, opening around the NFL. Uh, it's clearly not the Chicago Bears, correct? I mean, that's clearly not the team that you well, look at, though. That's a prime they're, gig. They're not even the best opening within their own division, yes. right? So that's, <laughs> that's working against you. I think the one thing they have, though, they've got a quarterback that I think most people would agree. He is the future there in Chicago and Justin Fields. That may be attractive some coaches out there. I mean, you could throw out names. I mean, Ryan Day, maybe you, you interview him, give him a call, see if you could pry him away from Ohio State. Uh, Brian Dable, uh, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, who has been interviewing for head coaching jobs the past uh, couple of years. He'd be a guy that I think could implement a system, given his ties back to Bama when he won a national championship, and now with the Buffalo Bills and the success he's had, that would be an interesting candidate, too, to work with a young quarterback, understanding the type of system that fits him best, and then see him grow and develop like we've seen with him and Josh Allen now in their fourth year together. So that's another guy. I just think the interesting thing about what they decide to do is, you know, usually in life, like we make a decision, it doesn't work out, and what do we do? We're like, oh, the next time I'm going to do the exact opposite, right? And and that's not always the way to handle that next decision you have to make. Like, you might not have been that far off. Maybe you just got the wrong person. Maybe you just had one thing wrong in making that decision. And that's where this comes in for the Bears, because you brought in Matt Nagy, who you thought was this offensive, innovative coach that was going to help a guy like Mitchell Trubisky succeed. And you obviously had success his first year, but then after that, everything seemed to deteriorate. And so do they go with a defensive-minded guy? You know, get back to what they've maybe had previously? I mean, the 85 Bears is one of the greatest defenses in NFL history. Do you get back to, to that style? Or do you say, let's bring in a guy we feel like would be a better fit for what we have at quarterback? Because obviously with Matt Nagy, it didn't work out with Trubisky. And maybe even to some degree how he handled Justin Fields, it, it, it didn't work out 
or at least not to allow yourself to feel more optimistic about what this season was. Now they're uh, reportedly working with uh, Bill Polian uh, to go over. Uh, he's gonna, you know, he's like advising them on this search for a coach and yeah. yeah, consulting with them, uh, you know, on this coach GM search. Um, th- this this is uh, there's a couple of things. Um, Ted Phillips, who's the president of the Chicago Bears, so he's not going to have any real input in uh, any of this stuff. And I'm not making this up because he needs to focus on trying to get the new stadium set up in Arlington Park. So that's where he's going to have his focus is trying to get the land obtained to try and get a new stadium there. So they want him just focusing on that while they take care of the football stuff and everybody's got to report to George McCaskey. I mean, the whole thing, it's clown show. Like it it literally is a clown show from top to bottom. And then the stuff between, uh, the stuff between uh, McCaskey and, uh, and Olin Krutz is hilarious. That's, that's an issue. Like when you have a former player, one of the all time greats, in Chicago Bears history, who you apparently offered fifteen dollars an hour I know. to come and work with your offensive line, that's a problem. <laughs> like that's that's not good that that gets out. It's disrespectful. Uh, I, I I mean I feel for Olin, but it's just that's the probably most damning thing that's come out this past week. I, I don't mind that he's focused on Arlington Park and trying to secure ground and build. Because here's the reality to that: they'll get a Super Bowl out of it. They could get a, maybe a reoccurring Super Bowl out of it if they're able to build a stadium that, well, let's be honest, is indoors. Yes. And, and one that's going to obviously you know, hit that max amount of what you're able to have. So those things are important not only to the Bears but the city of Chicago. And so I, I don't have any problem with that necessarily. But they do need to try to make sure they get this right. And I will say this, you know, Bill Polian is one of the best minds there's been in the NFL. There's a reason why he's in the Hall of Fame. And if you're relying on him to help set this thing up, I think he'll put them in a good position moving forward. Um, the uh, So for people that aren't familiar with the uh, situation, Olin Cruz last week, um, all-pro, multiple-time pro bowler, great offensive lineman, he had said that he had talked with Harry Heastan, who's the longtime – he was with the Bears. He coached Olin in Chicago, longtime Notre yeah, well, where's, where's Dame offensive line now? coach. Well, you know, he's unemployed now uh, oh, from, are you the, sure from the Bears. That? Well, the, no, he's back at sure? Notre Dame now. That's right. But, That's uh, right, but, baby. But he was unemployed because the Bears and Matt Nagy decided he was the problem, so we got to get rid of him, which right. didn't make any sense. And so he told a story how they wanted him to come in to be a consultant, and they were going to offer him $15 an hour. And – so George McCaskey yesterday at the at the news conference was asked about the story from Olin Krutz and had this to say. I've learned over the years to take just about anything that Olin says with a grain of salt. And I look forward to hearing that story again and hope he includes it in his Hall of Fame induction speech. That's the way it is sometimes with Olin. Don't get the whole story. And Olin knows what the story is. So, of course, uh, Cruz is pissed, and um, he said that he called Harry Heastand. He said, look, maybe I misheard it. Maybe I didn't, you know, I, I might have, you know, it was a long time ago, so maybe I just told the story wrong. Harry Heastan corroborated it, said, no, that's 100% accurate. <laughs> he, called, he called Ryan Pace and said, am I crazy? And Pace said, no, that's exactly how it went down. 
And uh, he was he was not thrilled. Uh, said I don't like uh, George McCaskey. He doesn't like me. But again, that seems to be the deeper issue with the organization. And because he's you know as Mike North called him uh, a member of the Lucky Sperm Club, uh, George McCaskey years and years ago on local radio in Chicago. Uh, this is where they are, and that's the guy running the show. So have fun, have fun with that. Uh, it's just another example. And I, I think people on the outside sometimes overlook it because it's sports. It's about the players, what happens on the field. Ownership matters. It matters so much. And it, there's a reason why you keep seeing the kind of the same teams every single year. It's not just because they're quarterback. That's a part of it. But it's because of the organization, the type of, of organization that they run and how they go about finding the right coaches, finding the right players, and then putting them in a position to succeed. So, again, hopefully Bill Polian – can can get this thing all headed back in the right direction for Chicago Bears fans. Uh, it's a two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Coming up next, it's the news with BQ. Uh, always a fun time wrapping up the show here. It's for you right here on FSR. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox. Uh, we will be back on the air tomorrow, same time, same place, 6 a.m. Eastern time, 3 o'clock Pacific here on FSR. Uh, maybe we'll have some uh, some more news around the NFL, waiting to hear word on final word on Houston and the New York Giants, uh, what they do with their uh, head coach uh, moving forward. So we'll have uh, more on that uh, coming up on the show tomorrow. Uh, right now, though, it is time for something we do on the show every single day. And it's called this. News. Turn on the news. Let's go to the news desk. What's the good news? Here's Brady Quinn. And away we go. What's up, superstar? Uh, look, there's a number of different ways we could start off this one. I, I guess I'll, I'll start by just asking you this. Um, you ever see the running with the bulls? Yeah, of course. Right. Great. Is that something that like you guys would want to do or that kind of yeah. scare you? Oh. If I still had my knees and good tack and I could run on, you know, bricks and cobblestones, I, I'd be all right with, with giving it a go. But today, no, not at all. I would get ran over. I would go watch it. I wouldn't participate. I would just uh, gamble on uh, how many people get gored. Like that would be my yeah, whole you know life. what I would enjoy the most is if we all went I would be throwing Berto and and Lee <laughs> and Jonas down yeah and and laughing while I was running <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so is there a certain animal that you're like I would not want to do that with like that kind of scares you if there was a stampede oh jeez um a rhino. Well, yeah, I guess any big thing, like elephants, too. Elephants, yeah. Not yeah. so much an elephant, or more a rhino. Really? Yeah. Why? Elephants going to be friendly? I just feel like an I, elephant, you know, might be, uh, I, I feel like I have a little bit more room. A rhino is lower to the ground. Uh, bro, I just feel you like are in way worse condition if you get ran over by an elephant versus a rhino. 
I'm just telling listen, you, look, you're in trouble. Listen, you've never been run over by an elephant. You don't, you've never played that I've game. I've seen man. it happen. You don't know what it's like. Yeah, you don't know what it's like. I've seen it happen. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Here's why I'm bringing this up. Apparently, uh, <laughs> in the city of Chengzhou, uh, which is in China, there was ostriches, 80 of them, running rampant oh, through geez. the streets, which i got to be honest with you, ostriches kind of terrify me. They are. I, I mean, they're like a gigantic bird. Kind of looks like a velociraptor. I completely understand why they can't fly, but I wish they could. Because I just, I, I don't know. I feel like if, if, it's, if we're face-to-face, that's a problem, man. It's yeah. just weird, the whole thing, the whole setup. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like a pom pom with a pool noodle hanging out of the front. You know, like it just—it's weird. Plus, they, they have that thing where they can on on their foot that they can uh, uh, disembowel you. I think like like ostriches kill a lot of people. Like that's a real thing. What? Yeah, I swear to God. Yeah, uh, yeah look story. it up. Ostriches they kill people. Yeah, they kill yeah, people. Dude. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they're, they're nasty, nasty man. Yeah, yeah. I'd put an ostrich to sleep. Uh, All that big old long neck. I'll be then suplex the ostrich. Get a hold of its feet. Like, yeah, you literally sweep the leg. Like uh, Sweep the leg. Yeah, they do yeah, have too. strong legs, though, yeah. don't they? And and they got that. There's like this thing, this uh, whatever it has on its body that can like uh, like cut right through you. It's terrible. Oh, the talons. Yeah. It's yeah. awful. It's awful. I mean, that's why, uh, oh. you know. I mean, a, right. a machete. Would I didn't work know wonders. ostriches. I didn't know ostriches had talons. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, dude, okay. you've seen those things. They're nasty. You don't mess yeah. with that. Give I've me seen them right. in person. Give me a machete right. and a stick of dynamite, and I'll be all right. <laughs> a interesting. Stick of all right. <laughs> all right. Imagine you've been a fugitive for twenty years, okay, and you think like you're good. You, you think <laughs> you're on the run. You're safe. All right. How about this? A mafia fugitive who's been on the run for nearly two decades. He was he ended up being found on Google Street View. Oh no! That's how he ended up being identified. Oh wow. man! Literally, they had some facial recognition deal, and it happened to partner kind of with uh, Google and and Street View Maps was able to identify him being a part wow. of that list. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Like, what, what, a, what a soft way to get caught. Like, of all the, <laughs> of all the mafia ways you're going to get caught, like, imagine if somebody told him, hey, two decades from now, you're going to get busted on Google Map View. Like, you're yeah. screwed, buddy. That's, that's I was terrible. envisioning, like, Harrison Ford and The Fugitive. I yeah. figure it's, like, one dramatic scene like that. But this wasn't that at all. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think about uh, The Fugitive? Good movie or no? Love it. Yeah. Tommy Lee? Yeah, I love yeah, it's Fugitive. a good movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. Is it uh, Tommy Tommy Lee Jones? The other Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. Yeah. Tommy Lee Tommy was in Lee another Jones. movie. Yeah, not yeah. Tommy Lee not Jones. Tommy Lee is his name. Yeah. Jeez, come on. No, I'm just saying. Like, he wasn't, I know who you're talking about. Pam, yeah. You're talking about Pamela Anderson. Well, no, I mean, listen, Whoa. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She was there, too. You know. Okay. Yeah. Batter up. Right. I got you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the MOB network. Um, all right. I'll end on this one. There was a couple police officers were fired. Uh, apparently, they ignored a robbery in progress and instead were playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> no, no, they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, then there's that. I mean, look, uh, by by the way, I'm not taking shots at police officers. You know, they all do a great job, <laughs> but this is uh, that's too good not to discuss. Yeah. Now, w- did the robbery, uh, was everyone okay? Afterwards, like we're not uh, you know, there weren't many details yeah. about the outcome of the robbery. Yeah. It was more about just playing Pokemon Go instead of, 
You know, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, you can't have nerds uh, protect and serve. I I think that should be a rule. (laughs) Is that that really the outcome of this? (laughs) I think that's the overarching uh, rule here. (laughs) Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.